Hello and welcome to episode, what is this, episode 4 of This Week in Marvel. I am Brian Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Editorial Director of Marvel.com, joined by... I am Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, rounding out the month here, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Glad to have you all with us. And I am uh, Marvel.com Assistant Editor Mark Strom, uh, coming to you from Los Angeles. Uh, so we, this is, uh, this week in Marvel, which is a podcast that covers all things Marvel from new releases, uh, whether they be comics or video games, movies, animation, uh, news, all kinds of news, uh, little tidbits and lots of comments and questions from the fans that we get in from Twitter. Um, so this is our, I think our first full episode where we're up and running on iTunes, uh, which is great. And that really doesn't mean anything cause it's iTunes doesn't host it, but you can find the podcast on iTunes, and uh, if there are other places where you guys want to find the uh, the podcast, just let us know, tweet us, and we'll uh, try and get it up there. Thanks to everybody who uh, who was instrumental in getting it up on iTunes, um, H&M, of course, but also there was a lot of you, you fans who bugged the iTunes people, and so they put us up, so thank you for that. Yeah, and thanks to uh, Brian over at uh, Disney Imagineering for uh, emailing me and giving me some advice and some help, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, so let's get right into it. Marvel Comics on sale for the week of November 23rd, 2011. Ben, why don't you start us off? Okay, so that is today. Uh, Fingers crossed. This podcast (laughs) goes up on time, so these are books you can go and pick up right now. Starting with Alpha Flight number 6, written by Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak, with art by Dale Eaglesham. Uh, this is a pretty pivotal issue for the flight, uh, for the whole series. They've been kind of on the run from Alpha Strike from the Unity Group. But in this issue, we learn a little bit more about the master of the world, what he's up to. More importantly, Alpha Flight makes their move to uh, liberate one of their loved ones, uh, North Star's boyfriend, Kyle. It's a pretty cool issue. It's a fast-moving issue. There's a lot of action. And it sets up kind of the third act of this uh, this Alpha Flight story with a very... I guess not really unexpected, but still the way he comes in is pretty cool guest star at the end of the issue who, since this is still Wednesday, I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, good issue, good ending all around. Rock and roll. Um, up next, well, before I get to the next issue, just want to make sure you guys know that there could be spoilers in this podcast. We're going to try and keep it at least relatively spoiler free, <clears throat> but if uh, if you're a little concerned about getting something spoiled for you and you haven't read your books for the week yet or uh, you just want to make sure you don't get spoiled, hold off for a day or so, read your, read your comics, and uh, come on back and listen. Um, but anyway... We, of course, usually go up on Thursdays, um, so we have a little more leeway. But because of the American holiday of Thanksgiving, uh, we're up early this week, so we'll be a little more careful with spoilers. And hopefully later, uh, Stromy will share with everyone the meaning of Thanksgiving. USA, USA. Um, all right, so next up on the list for Comics on Sale this week, Annihilators, Earthfall, number three. Uh, Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning, Tan Eng Huat. Um, ben and I are huge Abnett and Lanning cosmic book fans, so uh, I was super psyched for this because the Annihilators, the gigantic super cosmic team of Gladiator, Beta Ray Bill, Icon Ronan, Quasar, and Cosmo, well, Cosmo, not essentially, but the rest of them, they make their uh, their real communication with the Avengers, they sort of stop fighting, come together, and uh, battle the big threat that's going on. The big threat is the, how do you say it, Magus? Magus? 
believe you say the Magoose. Mag- Magoose? Could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, so we're all probably it, wrong, but that's okay. I think it's Magus. Magus. Look at you, Stromy from Minnetucky. Uh, Paul, hey, that's the proper pronunciation. As an English major, remember, I know how to speak good. <laughs> they are all English majors, Stromy. I was a journalism major. <laughs> Um, and then uh, in the back, which is uh, extra bonus for everybody, is the third part of the Groot and Rocket Raccoon story, which uh, if you guys are playing Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, it's a great way to check out a little bit more of uh, Rocket Raccoon. It's really terrific backup story. We also had the long-awaited debut of the new creative team, Astonishing X-Men, issue number 44. Greg Pak takes over as writer. Mike McCone takes over as artist. Uh, as everyone's seen on the cover, there's some making out with an unusual pairing of Cyclops and Storm that gets explored in the issue. Uh, it's kind of the aftermath of Schism. Uh, Cyclops coming to terms with exactly what's been done and Storm, in a way, helping him. Uh, don't get any ideas in your head about that. Read the book. But it's cool. It's it's, it's Greg Pak exploring a new landscape. He hasn't worked on the X-Men since uh, his phoenix end song war song days and it's kind of cool seeing him getting into the emotional side of the x-men but also man i love me some mike mccone and i was and i believe ryan as well was first introduced to mike when he was working on exiles um so seeing him back on a mutant book and without giving too much away uh, a mutant book that even harkens back a little to his days on exile was just good stuff for me it's a beautiful issue uh there's a fight between cyclops and storm against the sentinels that is Friggin' just dynamite, big action stuff. And looking forward to seeing what happens in the remainder of this arc. And we actually, on Marvel.com, have an interview with Greg, so you can get a, t- uh, a hint of what's coming up, as well as a look at the art for the next issue from Pac and McComb. Yes, and Wolverine looks totally awesome in this story. Um, also, out this week, Avengers Origins, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Uh, it's another one of the Avengers Origins one-shots. This one is by Super Sean McKeever and artist Mirko Pitafederici. I think I did pretty well with that. Um, it's it's a great issue. You get a, a look at Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch um, before they meet up with Magneto, which is, uh, at least to my knowledge, not something that is explored too much. Uh, so you really get a, a sense of where they were, what happens with Magneto, and where they go. And the Avengers connection is definitely in there, but I think it's really cool to, to get this look at uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Fun issue. Mirko Pierfederici P- 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 uh, is a terrifically underrated artist. He does some really beautiful work on this book. He has a very cool retro style um, that fits in perfectly with the story, but also it's, 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 it's really beautiful. He draws a gorgeous Scarlet Witch. Um, and really, actually, really cool Quicksilver and Magneto as well. So, well worth checking out. Elsewhere in the Avengers verse, uh, in the present, Avengers Solo number two, the lead story by Jen Van Meter and another underrated uh, artist, Roger Robinson. And to be frank, an underrated writer, Jen Van Meter is one of one of my personal favorites. I love her stuff. Um, this is a solo Hawkeye story. It's kind of a cool, just standalone, not continuity heavy. Just Hawkeye is basically out on a caper. He's trying to resolve a mystery. Um, as opposed to just going around shooting things, he actually has to use his head. Um, he, has to, he has to do a little crime solving. And it's cool to see Hawkeye employ more than just his, uh, his trick arrows. Though he uses his trick arrows, won't freak anybody out. Um, 
he fights the trapster in this issue. It's a very intense take on the trapster, who's usually written as something of a joke. So it's a very different kind of Hawkeye adventure. And I think it'll, it, it gives you a whole new look at the character. Meanwhile, on uh, the backup story, it's Avengers Academy by our good friend Jim McCann. Uh, well, Ryan and I's good friend. He doesn't care for Stromy. Yeah, they, um, they have a little bit of beef. It's okay. Yep. A little feud going there and then drawn awesomely by Clayton Henry, which is a cool little uh, – if anyone knows, Jim McCann is a – Jim McCann, the characters he likes, he doesn't just like. He, he obsessingly loves them. And this is kind of his ode to the West Coast Avengers, which is one of his favorites. So it's got uh, Stryker and Finesse from the Avengers Academy, but it's also very much a tribute to some old school West Coast Avengers stories. And it's beautifully drawn and you, you can't really ask for much more. Um, and then we also have Captain America and Bucky number 624, which actually wraps up the first arc of Captain America and Bucky. It's co-written by Ed Brubaker and Mark Andreico with gorgeous, gorgeous art by Chris Samney. Ryan, I know you're a fan. It's disgusting how good he is. It's just, yeah. it makes me sick. Chris Samney is, is so freaking good. Yeah, it's gross. It's absolutely Ugh. horrifying. There's but, one panel, I mean, there's many panels in this book, but there's one panel in particular where I was just like, God, what's up with Chris Samney? He's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's just listening, it, it, it I'll, be, I'll give a personal plea to Chris Somney that, Chris, you're, you're slowing down Ryan's productivity because he's just – he's so sick and angry um, and then happy and enraptured. It's just like, you know, man, we just need you to take all that prettiness and, you know, maybe, maybe help world peace or something. Um, but, you know, we appreciate you. You contributed to the cause of good comics. That went, that went somewhere. I think uh, so. But yeah, this is the conclusion of the first arc, uh, which was a flashback kind of looking at Bucky's arc, uh, Bucky's early days. Uh, we already saw him in World War II. This actually jumps ahead a little, and it's the story of Bucky becoming the Winter Soldier. Um, it's stuff that you know has been shown in brief and flashback by Brubaker, but this is one of the more extensive tellings of how Bucky became the Winter Soldier, uh, how he met Black Widow, and... Actually, a very, very important issue to set up the upcoming Winter Soldier series, which is going to star Winter Soldier, but also feature Black Widow prominently. And at the conclusion of the story, this whole time it's been narrated, uh, and we haven't really known what's going on with the narration, where it's taking place, who the story is being told to. You find out at the end of this issue, and it's, it's a neat little twist. Um, you can almost look at this, this whole arc as kind of the, the uh, if you will, the... Season zero to Winter Soldier, but it's a great book. Well worth checking out. Yeah, very, very good. Um, Doc and Dark Wolverine came out this week. Rob Williams and, uh, man, that's another name we're gonna bu- I'm going to butcher. Matteo Buf- Bufangi. Um, Strami? Uh, I'm going to go with Matteo Bufagni. That's, yeah, that's what Ryan said. That's what I said. I thought your English degree was going to help you here. No, now, I, I, was just, no. I was just confirming that, that sure, Ryan was right. Sure. Uh, this is part two of Dawkins sort of fall from grace, trying to claw his way back up, and he's fighting uh, this this movie star. And uh, if you look at the cover, you see the Runaways are on it. So that's a big hook for me as a huge Runaways fan, and uh, it was a fun issue. Um, I like what you did there with claws his way back to the top. Hey, whatever, you know. I recognize that. My English degree. Yeah, game recognizes game. No, you're a journalist. You're a journalist. Oh, wait. 
So, anyways, we've also got Fantastic Four number 600, which is, get this, not, not a dream, not a hoax, not an imaginary story, 96 pages long, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Fantastic Four. Um, I'm just going to read the talent roster on this book. It's all written by Jonathan Hickman, but it's got art by Steve Epting, Carmine D. Gian Domenico, Lionel Francis Yu, Farrell Dalrymple. Um, I think there are actually maybe even more in there, but those, know, those are kind I, of the above I know the Ming Doyle does a thing. That's correct. Ming Doyle. Thank you, Strami. Um, it's got covers out the wazoo, Joe Quesada, John Amita Jr., Art Adams. This is a big issue. It's not just one story. It's many stories, as you might guess, from the 96, issue, uh, 96 pages, all of which are original content. But, you know, it's, it's Fantastic Four is back. It's issue 600. You may notice I'm kind of skirting around the story. That's because the things that happen in this issue are really nothing you should have uh, told to you over a podcast. I would recommend you go out, become part of the Fantastic Four's 50th anniversary celebration. There's been a lot of cool stuff going on on Marvel.com and basically everywhere from Marvel celebrating this milestone for the Fantastic Four. And this is your, this is your opportunity to get in on the ground floor, provided your ground floor begins at issue 600. It's well worth it. I would, uh, I would definitely get up in that. Um, also, out this week, Invincible Iron Man number five ten. Um, this is starting a new arc after all the Fear itself stuff. Tony is recovering from what happened. Um, he took a drink during Fear itself, which, as anyone who's a longtime Iron Man fan knows, that that's bad news. Uh, and the title of the arc is called Demon. And each issue has a different part, a uh, different subtitle. So that tells you a little bit about what's going on here. Um, Iron Man is facing Ezekiel Stain and the Mandarin and bad, bad stuff. It's a, it's a great issue. Um, another one by Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca. And also, well, you know, if you've read the Fear Itself issues, there's, there's some really cool stuff that, that bridges over into this. Um, I really like this book. You talking about? Are you talking about Iron Man's new buddy? His new best friend. Yeah, you should read it just to find out who Iron Man's new best friend is, and also just you know, just a little shout out. Uh, classic Iron Man villain Blizzard shows up. Oh yeah, whole new look, uh, kind of done in that that Salvador Roca swagger. Uh, it looks really cool. It's worth it just to see Blizzard. You know who I would like to see get a get a new look. In Invincible, Iron if Man. I, if I had him. three guesses, I'd only need one. The shocker. Yeah. <laughs> this this can't be a running gag for every episode of This Week in Marvel. I'm, putting, that, I'm putting my foot down right here as your <laughs> boss. I was actually reading the uh, Deadly Foes of Spider-Man trade paperback uh, this weekend, and the shocker is in that, Strami. Were you aware yes, of it? Yes, he is. Yeah, he gets, he gets beat up. No, that's not the way it happens. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, also out this week, Iron Man 2.0 number 10, written by Nick Spencer with an assist from, welcome back, Will Pfeiffer, or Will Pfeiffer. Um, love Will, Pfe- Will Pfeiffer's work, and glad to see him uh, pitching in on Iron Man 2.0. Great art by Ariel Olivetti. Uh, it's continuing the mystery of what happened to Palmer Adley, who anyone who's reading Iron Man 2.0 knows this has been kind of the ghost in the machine who's been plaguing War Machine since the book started. Uh, he's finally starting his, – his origin are finally starting to come to light. And War Machine ends up basically flying all over the world to kind of try to combat stuff that Palmer Adley is set into motion post-death 
That's another little note. Palmer Adley's been dead since before the first issue, yet War Machine's been fighting him for 10 issues now. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool the reason he's fighting him. And some really gross stuff happens in this issue. And uh, Ariel Olivetti will, will give you nightmares, but it's a, it's a slick little issue. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. In the Mighty Thor number eight, uh, the book is actually, in a way, retitled The Mighty Tenaris number eight, because after Fear Itself, Thor is gone. Uh, he's not just dead, he never existed. This new character, Tenaris, has taken his place um, in everyone's memories. He helped found the Avengers. He's, he's uh, doing what he does with Sif. Um, and that gets all explored in this issue. You get to know a little bit about Tanneris. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the focuses on Loki, a lot of the focuses on the new landscape of Asgard on earth since Odin's out of the picture. And now there are three ladies running the show, the all mothers. Um, and it's, it's cool. It's kind of an unfolding mystery type issue. Uh, you get some good action, but you also get a lot of world building and that's from Matt Fraction and Pasquale Ferry. It's a gorgeous issue, and I was lucky to not have something spoiled about this issue, so there was definitely an aha moment to it that uh, pleased me thoroughly. So kudos to Fraction and crew on that Yeah, I think, I think the thing that you didn't get spoiled, I didn't get spoiled either, and I was pretty excited. It's always exciting when we don't get spoiled. Yeah, because, um, spoiler alert, when you work in the industry, you're going to get spoiled on a lot of books way, way ahead of time, and it's just part of the job. I mean, you get to do cool stuff, but some of the most of the surprise is taken away from you, so it's all about how you get there, not necessarily what's at the end of uh, the rainbow for a lot of these stories. Occupational hazard. Yes. Um, but one of the perks of the job is reading a comic like Secret Avengers. Number 19, I, I read this on the train the other night, I think it was Friday after work, and I was just so... It's so good! It's so good! Warren Ellis and Michael Lark and uh, Stefano Guadiano, Brian Theus, uh, Jose Villarubia. It's just one of those classic Warren Ellis one-issue you know, one um, story. It takes Everything takes place right in this issue, but it does touch on a bunch of things that he's been setting up. It's got Moon Knight and Black Widow and Sharon Carter and Steve Rogers and some, some crazy villains and just gorgeous art. Uh, I think... I think, yeah, Secret Avengers is one of my top three comics right now. Um, it's just that good. There were Moon Knight scenes in this issue that I just had to, if I were wearing a hat, I would have taken my hat off to. Uh, the, the one and done stuff by Ellis has been awesome. He keeps topping himself. Loved every issue. But yeah, I mean, they, they all shine, but I was... I loved I loved the way he wrote Moon Knight, and I loved the way Michael Lark drew Moon Knight. Really good issue. I agree with you completely. Damn straight. Um, also, this week we have Spider Man: The Marvel Adventures Series Number Twenty. Paul Tobin writes two stories in this book. The first one by Matteo Loli. Second one by Rob DiSalvo. Um, I I I know a lot of folks automatically get turned away from the Marvel Adventures books because they're quote unquote all ages books, kids books, what what have you. 
these are really good, fun comics to read. Especially a book like this, you get two stories. They're both one and done. You get some fun character stuff. You get cool villains like uh, Red Ghost and his super apes. You get Sandman. You get uh, Spider uh, Peter Parker's awesome girlfriend, Chat. I really love these books, uh, so I definitely recommend you guys check them out. And then when you're done, give them to a kid because they are great for all ages. They're clever too. Like they, uh, one of the things I dig about this issue is that. You know, a lot of a lot of the books we read are great and they have big slugfests and whatnot. But one of the things I love about Tobin Spider Man is he doesn't always just even even though his girlfriend makes fun of him for it, he doesn't just punch and make bad jokes at everybody. He actually comes up with these elaborate plans. And one of the cool things about the Sandman story for me was it actually takes you in his thought process of how he comes up. Like, you know, the Sandman is kind of a pain in the we're I'm gonna say PG's pain in the butt villain. Um, in that you know, there's no way to really contain him realistically. Anything you do, he should, in theory, be able to escape. So Spider-Man has to come up with a outside-the-box way not only to stop him but to prevent him from getting away. And it's 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 cool to see how he does it. I didn't I didn't guess how he was going to do it. It's these books surprise you, man. They're very smart. Paul Tobin's a smart guy. Yeah, he is. He has a great mustache. Great mustache. Terrific head of hair if he chose to have one. Mm-hmm. I bet. Um, Ultimate Comics Hawkeye number four wrapped up the limited series. Uh, it's the first story, the first limited series in kind of the new Ultimate Comics universe, which is, you know, just the new building blocks. It uh, completes Jonathan Hickman and Rafa Sandoval's adventure of Hawkeye over in Asia with the Ultimate X team. Uh, and he, they, they, they come into contact with the Ultimate Zorn brothers. Uh, I believe last week we had Ultimate Maggot, and this week we had Ultimate Zorn. Who's that? It is the best of everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truly a revolution in the world of Ultimate Comics. It's a very cool issue. Um, you get to find out whether it, it, it ties into Ultimates, and you get to find out whether or not Hawkeye completes his mission. But you also get a lot of interesting stuff on not just the Ultimate X kids, but also the Hulk. Um, I really dug the way Jonathan Hickman, his take on the Zorn siblings. Um, it's very smart stuff. Rafa Sandoval's art is very, very gritty and gorgeous. It's, it's, it's superhero stuff, but it's got kind of an edge to it. I dig it. Um, it was a good way to wrap up that first storyline. In Vengeance, number five, uh, one of the most confusing yet satisfying comics in the world. Uh, I would not want to take a, a, a vacation to the mind of Joe Casey because I imagine it to be a very terrifying place. Um, I think he wears sunglasses indoors all the time because he probably just has energy emanating from his eyes because of all the, the wackiness. Uh, this is a book drawn beautifully by Nick Dragota, which features the Young Masters of Evil. It features the new Teen Brigade. Uh, it has stuff going on in another dimension with the new Miss America. It has stuff going on in World War II with the Red Skull. Uh, it has ties to the Defenders. It has ties. It's, it's already shown Magneto, Dr. Octopus, Loki. And by the end of the issue, they basically set up the arrival of Dr. Doom. It's crazy, conspiracy-laden, 85 plots at once going on stuff. Wouldn't have it any other way. It's Joe Casey doing Joe Casey stuff. It's Nick Tragoda drawing his little heart out. It's new characters, cool characters, obscure characters. It's everything you can throw at it. Uh, Vengeance. Pick it up today. Nick Dragota, I want him to draw everything, and uh, you know, also kudos to colorist Brad Simpson because 
the book has some really, really great hues to it. And that's something I am really seeing more and more. Like, I'm paying more attention to the colors in comics because what the uh, the current crop of colorists do, are doing is just really great stuff. But, finally, last book of the week is Wolverine and the X-Men, number two. Uh, this is Jason Aaron and Chris Pachalo, uh, two of my favorite creators. And... So the first issue of Wolverine and the X-Men is basically, hey, this is a tour of the Jean Grey Institute for Higher Learning, and then chaos ensues. And this is just, oh, let's throw more chaos and more crazy stuff. And uh, it's a super fun issue. Strami, I know you like this one, right? Yeah, I'm just always happy to see Chris Pichalo drawing the X-Men again because... Uh, one of my favorite series is, as a kid growing up was Generation X back when uh, Scott Lobdell and Chris Bashalo first created. Um, and just to see him, you know, still doing the type of crazy layouts that he does and the crazy types of design that he does and to match it with Jason Aaron, who's great at coming up with these sort of... Um, uh, slightly like quirky, you know, ideas like this idea of the Hellfire Club being made up all of children that he somehow makes so well and matching his sensibility with Bashalo's sensibility just is like this perfect melting pot of awesome that gets spilled out onto a page and then injects itself into your brain through your eyeballs and imprints it there. And I enjoy it. Totally. Um, I want to. Can I say one more thing about this issue before we move on? Um, since I was a little kid, my favorite X Men has always been Iceman, um, and I know there are many others out there like me. We are we are a quiet but uh, dedicated breed of Iceman fans. And if you are an Iceman fan, you know that even though the guy you know gets gets a cool moment here or there, gets a witty line here or there, it's kind of one of those characters you're eternally waiting for. You know. If the, if the right guy could just latch on to him, if he just figure out how to use his powers right, if he could just tap into that personality, Iceman would break out. But, you know, we've been waiting years and years. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, Wolverine and the X-Men, number two, uh, November 23rd, in the year 2011, uh, this is it. This is the issue. Iceman has a huge breakout issue. Um, he the, the stuff he does with his powers, his personality – it blew my mind and made me want to just stand up and applaud. So if you're an Iceman fan like me, this is, this is the comic you may have been waiting your entire uh, X-Men fandom career for. Because If it is a career. It's not really a career. It is for me. I get paid. But for the rest of you, um, it's just a great moment. So if, if you like Iceman, please buy this issue. You're going to love it. Totally. Uh, two more points I wanted to make. One, I think this issue, this comic, I think uh, Wolverine and the X-Men should be like, 12, no, 20 inches tall and 40 inches wide, whatever the dimensions could be. I want it to be bigger. It just it, There's not enough room on the page to capture everything that Bashalo and his inkers, Tim Townsend, Jamie Mendoza, um, everybody who's working on the book, it's just jam-packed with amazing detail and art. And finally, fandom is probably going to go nuts for a kiss in this issue. Um, and it was awesome because I know I was reading it and I stopped on that page for a good 20 seconds like, oh, man. So that's good stuff. I support it. Yeah, no, me too. I'm not saying it's, I'm against it. I just – I wasn't saying you're against it. Come on, Ben. Stop arguing. Don't, 
look, let's just let's just move on to the next section. All right, next section is collections available this week. Um, our intern John Tancredi, Jaunty, he does a great job putting all this stuff together for us. But he totally dropped the ball this week. He didn't put any collections on our um, on our show prep document. Unbelievable. Yeah, he just I don't know what happened. He was he was out to lunch, but he was here on Monday, and that information was readily available. It's gonna be in tomorrow, so we'll we'll be talking to him about it. But in the meantime, when 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 you get word of this, at J Tancredics J T A N C R E D I X Twitter, let him know uh, how disappointed you are in him uh, for this egregious error. Indeed. Um, so I had to go to our – I always go to the Trades Department blog to see what collections are out this week um, because the one who's most accurate with all the information is Nelson Ribeiro, who is the Trades Janitor. Um, so this week – Above and beyond. Uh, al- always. That, that's both Nelson and, and you, sir, as well. You, this, is not, this is not work you should be doing, but you care so much about this podcast and about this audience that you, you went and did this. Strami wouldn't do it. I might. Would you? Why didn't you? I, well, I mean, I didn't know that it wasn't there. You have access to the document. I mean, I noticed it wasn't there, but I thought maybe John Tancredi would insert it on his, like, day off. I, I don't know, Strami. That's just like let's let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on the fact that Ryan actually went and did the work, and thanks to him, we have the collections on sale for you. Yep. Uh, so let's see. We've got Essential Amazing Spider-Man number five, uh, big thick volume for you. We've got a really great collection: X-Men Days of Future Past, which contains the uh, two-parter that is Days of Future Past, but also includes a couple issues afterwards um, and an annual, I believe. Uh, we've got Daredevil Reborn collection out this week. We've got the Captain America Corps collection, which I was super surprised. I loved that book. That was great. Really? Uh, yeah, that was, that was terrific. Also, Captain America Man Out of Time, which I loved. Um, we've got Spider-Man Marvel Team-Up, which is a bunch of issues by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. And I know you fans are out there and you're going to gobble that one up. That one's super cool. And it's got, who's that on the cover? Sphinx? It's crazy. Or Living Monolith. I can't tell. I'm not good with the big guys. Um, also out this week, official handbook of the Marvel Universe A to Z. Got some uh, got some characters in there. We've got uh, Spider-Man Ultimate Collection of Mark Miller stories. That was the Marvel Knights Spider-Man book, right, yeah. Ben? Drawn by Terry Dodson, the uh, the twelfth parter. That was pretty cool. It's basically Spider-Man against all his villains, as written by Mark Miller, as drawn by Terry Dodson. Kind of a, a greatest hits type of thing. It was a uh, Big deal at the time, and, and still is. I think there's also some Frank Cho in there. So that's right. Yeah. Frank Cho was uh, was was batting in the 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 blank, and he was, yeah. he was at bat. Sports <laughs> metaphor. Or uh, crashed and burned. <laughs> also, there's a Thor Ultimate Collection, which covers uh, Kieran Gillen's Thor run, part of it, uh, the beginning part at least. Uh, Stromy, Stromy, what are you doing? Stop that. Um, uh, you're a big Kieran Gillen fan, correct? I love my Kieran Gillen. Yeah, you do. Who yeah. doesn't? Um, also this week, we have the first collection of Victor Gishler's X-Men book, With Great Power, art by the almighty Chris Bishalo. Actually, that's the second collection. Is that the second collection? 
Right. Yeah, the first collection was Curse of the Mutants. Thank you. Very good. Uh, that's why you guys are on here with me to help me pick up the slack. And that's uh, really something th- something that John Tancray should have addressed. Yeah. T- ugh, I just – I'm getting verklempt just thinking <laughs> about it. You shouldn't have been in that position is the point. Yeah. Um, we have Marvel Masterworks softcover collection of the X-Men Volume 4. That's Roy Thomas – Werner Roth and Don Heck issues. Um, there's some epic Changeling stuff in there, I believe. Epic. Epic. And finally, we have the Amazing Spider-Man Origin of the Hobgoblin. I just I just stole this uh, trade from our boss, John Cirilli, who's in Italy for two weeks, so he'll never listen to this podcast and know that I did. Ha-ha. I plan on enjoying it during my, my trip home for Thanksgiving. Very good. Um, so that's collections on sale this week. Now, where we would normally give you guys the day and date digital comics, the comics that are available in the Marvel app, all that good stuff, we can't. Why? Because we're recording this a little early. We're recording this on Tuesday night to put it up on Wednesday morning um, because the Marvel offices are closed on Thursday and Friday. We won't have enough time to get it to you, and we don't have that information uh, of what's coming up on the app. We usually get that Wednesday morning. So if you just check marvel.com or you tweet us, we'll make sure you get any information you need about the digital comics available this week. Um, Let's see... Uh, next section, I guess we're going to talk about games and movies in store this week. Uh, we have no games, but Strami, we've got some DVDs, right? Yeah, we've got, uh, two DVDs, really. The first is the Superhero Squad show, The Infinity Gauntlet, Volume 2, which collects six episodes from Season 2 of The Superhero Squad. And uh, for those of you who have seen season two, you know that the show really breaks up into two parts. Uh, The first half of the season was the saga of the Squatties against Thanos while he collects all the Infinity Gems. And the second half of the season uh, is the Dark Surfer saga. And this collection, the Infinity Gauntlet Volume 2, collects, finishes out that first Infinity Gauntlet storyline. It's got some great episodes in it. It's got <laughs> Two May Wolverines, which uh, is a great one that features, as it suggests, Two May Wolverines. Um, it has another one where, uh, that features Coco Von Doom, the mother of uh, Doctor Doom who is always fantastic for those of you who have seen her. Um, and then that is out today as we're recording this. And then also out today is the Marvel Knights animation collection, which has all five Marvel Knights animation series to date in it, which are Astonishing X-Men Gifted, Spider-Woman, AGM Sword, Black Panther, Iron Man Extremis, and Thorn Loki Blood Brothers. And this collection is a box set that has all five of them in one nice little package. Um, And they're very cool. Uh, If you haven't checked out any of the Marvel Knights animations, uh, I highly recommend them. And for those of you who don't know, Marvel Knights animation, what they do is they basically take... Some classic storylines like, you know, Iron Man Extremis by Warren Ellis and, and uh, Eddie Granov. And they uh, work directly from the comics and the comics page itself and really uh, bring it to life. Um, 
And as far as extras on the sets, um, we have extras on each DVD, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, a lot of, I believe, we have some Marvel What The episodes on some of the discs. Um, it's it's yeah, actually called know. Marvel Superheroes What The. Please use the official title mark. Thank yeah. you. Marvel, mark that for nothing. It, it, it has some episodes of Marvel Superheroes What The on them. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's you've got both of those in stores right now. And yeah, uh, you know I, I, will... I asked about the extra Strami, not just because of the What The stuff, but because those behind-the-scenes things, the little featurettes on Marvel Knights Animation... Uh, having been part of the team that you know posted those and wrote about those, they're really cool. This is you know you, you've seen a million behind the scenes features about you know how movies are made, how TVs made. This is something completely different, and to get inside the process of how the Marvel Knights Animation Project is made, it, it, it's something unique. And you know as beautiful as these cartoons are, it's not really cartoons. As beautiful as these these works are. Um, it's almost worth the, worth the price to see how they're made. So you're getting a lot of extra added value for your buck. Indeed. Um, for those playing along at home, I think we counted Strami saying episode instead of episode one, two, three, four, five, six times. Uh, I think I think I added an extra, so it may have just been five. Still, Strami, good stuff. I'm an English major. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> before we move on to collectibles available this week, I just want to make two notes about video games. Uh, we don't have any new games available this week, but if you go to the, uh, if you follow Marvel Blip on Twitter, you can get a link to the uh, Marvel video games blog, which we have on Marvel.com. Available now for Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 are the alternate costumes Rising Dead Pack which uh, for $4, I think is it f- it's $5 um, on PlayStation Network, f- 400 Microsoft points, or I reversed it. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, you get four costumes. You get Ghost Rider 2099. You get Jean Grey's epic, amazing 90s Jim Lee costume. And Woo! a version which has, I think the way it was described is, what if... She went Dark Phoenix while in this costume. Um, really? It's like it's an original Capcom design, but it totally works. It's great. Um, in addition to that, there's a Nemesis costume uh, from his original form. Um, and then Frank West in sort of like a Mega Man-y cosplayer look. Uh, it's really terrific. So you can pick that stuff up now on PlayStation Network or Xbox Live Arcade, or I should just say Xbox Live. And one more thing about video games this week, the uh, amazing, amazing Marvel pinball game, which is put out by Zen Studios, which is really terrific. I'm not a big pinball guy, but I love this game. Um, on Xbox right now, you can get the uh, the first, I guess, the first four tables of Marvel Pinball, which is just, you could just download Marvel Pinball. You get those four tables, uh, which is Spider-Man, Blade, Iron Man, and Wolverine for $5, which is half price, and that's a terrific deal. Strami, what's the, uh, what's the expansion pack for Marvel Pinball called? It's called Vengeance and Virtue. <laughs> oh, is that, was that hard for you? 
Yes, I almost said virtue and vice. Uh, our, our, our friend Chris Baker, who works out on the West Coast with Strami, was, uh, was, was ribbing him a little in the lead up to the show on Twitter about the fact that apparently he cannot, cannot get down the vengeance and virtue tag for Marvel Pinball. So, I, Strami, I'm just testing you. I'm breaking you down to make you better. And you, you pass with, with not flying colors, but like hovering colors. The, the colors were there. They're just a little muted, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say muted colors. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Um, for those who are fans of Marvel Pinball, do stay tuned uh, in the next couple of weeks. We will have more information about Marvel Pinball. Oh, and I just double-checked the prices for the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 DLC. It's $4 on PlayStation Network, 320 Microsoft points on Xbox Live. Um, the Microsoft points thing always weirds me out. Because I have like 190 Microsoft points in my account now, which translates to like three dollars, two dollars and fifty cents, or something like that. But that's less than I pay for lunch, and my sandwich is usually gone in under ten minutes. These these expansion packs you can keep forever. That is value. Um, all right, so moving on from <laughs> games and DVDs, we're talking about collectibles available this week. Uh, I talked to Diamond Select Toys, our friend Zach Oat over there. He let me know that Wave 42 of Marvel Mini Mates is uh, available in specialty stores and comic shops this week. In that wave, you get Armored Thor with Beta Ray Bill, um, who's metallic, Captain America in his leather jacket with Arnim Zola, Thunderstrike with a Stone Man. That's a specialty market exclusive. As well as Eric Masterson as Thor. That's a rare variant uh, with Stone Man. So um, you've got some really cool, some kind of obscure, uh, obscure mini-mates, but uh, definitely fun if you're a Thor or Captain America fan. Strami, there's some more stuff, right? Yep. We've also got uh, our friend, again, at Diamond Select Toys, Zach Oat, uh, let's know that the next Marvel Select figures will be Hawkeye and Hulk from the upcoming Marvel's The Avengers. Um, and while we don't have images of what the figures will look like for you just yet, those will be coming soon. But for those of you who know... Marvel Select is a line from Diamond Select Toys, and they put together, you know, very nicely detailed, articulated, uh, great designs of Marvel action figures. Um, the pair they had of Captain America and Red Skull from Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, were utterly fantastic. They've got a Spider-Man from the Amazing Spider-Man uh, film that's coming up next summer, also coming out soon. Um, so yeah, uh, we've got news for you on that on marvel.com and as soon as they release actual images of the figures themselves, we will get them out to you as well. Awesome. All right. Um, past all the stuff available in this week, what about television, Strami? Tell us what is, what can fans see on the boob tube this week? I don't know if anybody calls it the boob tube anymore. Uh, one Mr. Agent M does. I just did it. Did you not hear me? Check your microphone. Yeah, most, no, I, most, most people call it that strong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much on every uh, internet website. I, okay, well, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, well, this week we've got a new episode of the X-Men anime series airing as it always does on G4 on Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I have actually not yet seen this episode. Um, but uh, 
for for those of you who uh, who can't see the words that Ben and Ryan are typing, they are making fun again of my saying episode. We're not making uh, fun. We're encouraging you to pronounce it episode. Sorry, you know who can't see what we're typing? Literally everyone. <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> um. Anyway, in this week's episode of X-Men, the X-Men returned to Japan. They left uh, a couple weeks ago, went back to Westchester. Emma Frost and Armor are now officially a part of the team. They're going back to Japan to find out exactly what the U-Men are up to. Um, And, spoiler, the U-Men are up to no good. Uh, Also, this... Saturday, you look forward to a long marathon of Iron Man Armored Adventures on Nicktoons beginning at noon Eastern time. And that all builds up to two new episodes of Iron Man Armored Adventures beginning at 9 o'clock Eastern time, I believe. Uh, The first takes place in Tony's school, the Tomorrow Academy, in which a student who used to be the top student, Rona, who has now been replaced by Tony, gets a little jealous, and she turns it into a death trap for Tony and his friends that they have to escape from. Of course, as children normally do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I was doing that a lot as a kid. I don't know about you. I uh-huh. actually, I love Iron Man Armored Adventures. I wish that show got more love from the public. Um, it's It's actually... Really well drawn. I was a little nervous about it at first, but the show is super fun. It's got a cool art style. I like the characters. Um, and it's got great villains on it. It's, it's a fun yeah. show. Yeah. And, uh, and for those who have been watching season two so far, you know that the story of this season, particularly the first half, has been drawing a lot on the classic Armor Wars story uh, from Iron Man by David McLeany and Bob Layton. Uh, who also wrote an episode uh, just two weeks ago. And um, speaking of, the second new episode this week has uh, is really the culmination of that entire Armor Wars arc in Iron Man Armored Adventures. And it brings things, it brings Tony's fight with Obadiah Stane to sort of the next level. He goes up against uh, Ironmonger again. Uh, Tony does and yeah it's it's a big turning point for the series and sort of launches things into the second half of season two in which we get a uh, new story arc for the for the series Um, and also some very cool uh, as Ryan was saying villains coming up Um, one in particular that I think fans will enjoy that I can only tease because that is still a ways away but someone that you would not necessarily uh, expect to see Iron Man fighting awesome Um, what else we have Spider-Man 3 is on a couple times this coming week right yes Spider-Man 3 is on FX several times uh, according to John Tancredi uh Spider-Man 3 will be playing on FX this Sunday at 2.30 p.m. and this Monday at 12.30 p.m. Uh, And also, I should mention, we have the Superhero Squad show on daily, uh, Mondays through Fridays, I believe, at 7 a.m. on Cartoon Network. 
Um, so this looks like we have on Friday an episode called Support Your Local Skyfather. On Monday, we have Villainy Redux Syndrome. That seems to be all that John Pancredi gave us. Great. Good um, job, Jaunty. Yep, that's that's all right. So we just told you what two of the upcoming five days were. Thanks, John. And uh, we've also got some episodes of Iron Man Armored Adventures on Monday night at, on Nicktoons at 11 and 11.30 p.m. And those are Titanium versus Iron and Intern Ironmonger, which were two episodes from earlier in this season. Excellent. Um, so that wraps up what's available, what's on TV and stuff. Ben, why don't you kick us off right into the news that uh, we've had since the last episode of This Week in Marvel. Sure thing. We had some uh, news in the world of comics. Up first, we showed some sneak peeks on Marvel.com, including New Mutants 35, uh, with some art by David Lopez. Wolverine the X-Men number three, with some more great Chris Pachalo art. Uh, we got a look at the Venom variants coming this January. About a dozen Marvel titles are going to have variant covers featuring their casts uh, with Venom symbiotes, or Carnage symbiotes or hybrid symbiotes or toxin symbiotes. A lot of symbiotes. Um, and then unless something horrible happens to me, uh, by the time this episode airs, there should be a preview of Secret Avengers number 20 with some great art by Alex Maleev, which I'm going to put up after the, the show ends. Uh, we're also doing something really cool. Uh, we just started yesterday, kind of on the down low. We're getting geared up for Rick Remender, one of our favorite writers in a smashing fellow to take over the secret avengers title we've got some really cool stuff planned uh to kind of gear up over the next two months for rick's arrival on the title and one of the first things we did was we started introducing the new masters of evil who are going to be in his point one issue secret avengers number 21.1 with art by patrick zercher we're not saying a lot about these masters of evil but we are debuting them one a day, every day this week on Marvel.com, Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday is the one that comes in between those two. Uh, so we showed showed on Monday, we showed Whiplash. Uh, yesterday, we showed Princess Python. And today, uh, hopefully it's gone up already, but if it hasn't, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We showed Vengeance, uh, you know, former, former ties to Ghost Rider. Vengeance is one of the new Masters of Evil. Check out the art. You get an ominous line from each and find out a little bit more about what's coming up in Secret Avengers. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we spoke to Greg Pak about Astonishing X-Men, showed off some art from that series. We also have a very special Marvel Thanksgiving celebration today, talking to some of our creators about what they're thankful for. But while that may be the news for comics this week, and we've got plenty more coming up after Thanksgiving, there was some big news in movies, specifically in Marvel's The Avengers. Is, is that not right? Mr. Strom. That, that is right. We, uh, since our last podcast, we've had two new character banners uh, released, one featuring Iron Man, Thor, Cap, and Bruce Banner, and the other featuring Nick Fury, Loki, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Uh, and we also, the official site for Marvel's The Avengers also got a... Uh, what what would you call it? An up? Why am I blanking this word? Upgrade, redesign, up, 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 redo. Redesign. It was redesigned. Redesign. You can now go there. You can get a bunch of downloads. You can get some awesome wallpapers. 
You can read bios of each of the Avengers. Um, and it just looks very cool. Um, so I mean, struggles with words like that? An English major. I write well. Um, <laughs> Uh, in addition to the movie news, we also had some video game news. Um, nominated for an award at the Video Game Awards, which uh, I believe they the Video Game Awards air on Spike in this early December, first or second week of December. Captain America Super Soldier is up for an award, and it's yeah. going against some very stiff competition, but... It's awesome that it was nominated because it was it was surprisingly really super fun, um, I, and I say surprisingly because I know a lot of the fans and you know talking with them back and forth were a little apprehensive about the game. The Iron Man games weren't that great, uh, but Thor was okay. Captain America was was actually a super lot of fun. I put a solid like nine hours, beat the game. Was I felt satisfied with it, and I was very happy with how it came out. So I'm glad that that gets the recognition it deserves. Um, I'm not sure it'll win because it has some some big stuff against it, but it's super cool to see it up there. Um, additionally, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. This week we we uh, we put out all the screenshots of all 48 downloadable costumes that you're going to be able to get over the next several months for the game um, with you know when they're going to be available what they're going to look like all this good stuff um, and we're going to add some more content to those through the Marvel Blip blog um, as each one comes out but if you just want to check them all out you can hit up the link in the Marvel.com news story if that's where you're listening to this episode or just go to Marvel.com slash news slash games and you can see um, it's right up there um, can people still vote in the People's Choice Awards is a question I just thought to myself. I believe they can. Um, I don't yes. know. Yes, Strami, go, go. Yes, I, yeah, uh, doesn't for a while yet. Yes, I believe you can still vote in the People's Choice Awards. So you should head over there, uh, vote for Captain America and Thor, uh, who are both nominated for a bunch of awards, I believe, though which exact ones are escaping me at the moment. Um, X-Men First Class is up for stuff too, Strong. X-Men First Class is also up for stuff, correct. You know, yeah. guys, it's great. It's like we have the, these notes about this podcast that we put together ahead of time, and it's like someone puts them together for us. But where are all the details, Jaunty? Yeah, I hope he's listening. He, he's definitely listening because he always comes back the day after like, oh, man, I laughed so hard at that one point when you made fun of me. And we're not making fun of you, Jaunty. Mark is a former intern. We are staffed by tons of former interns. You you can live up to your potential. We know you can. Just like Mark is. Always. He does. That's why yeah. I hired him. He's living, living beyond his, his potential. Indeed. All right. We're getting off track here. Uh that's more or less the news because it's a shortened week for us. Uh, we will be back with more next week. But before we leave this week in Marvel, it's time for the questions that you guys are sending to us. Uh, we're getting these via Twitter. If you use the hashtag this week in Marvel, we will see them. I've got my tweet deck open right now, and I see all the, the fancy questions that are coming in, the comments and whatnot. Um, let's see. Let's just go right down from the most recent one. Rush1031 on Twitter um, is just sending out some promotion, and he wants us to be gentle with Ben on this episode. And I say, sure, we'll be gentle with Ben. That's really? I, you know what? That's, that's much appreciated. I, I, I didn't really feel like I was a target last episode, so that's 
what? Yeah. Well, what about me? Well, anyway, yeah. we're gonna continue hey. going down the list. Um, looks like Gray Devil thirteen on Twitter. His question, Cos- well, his question is more of. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not. Well, let's see what it is. Cosmic Marvel. We need more. Annihilators. Bad Assery is just not enough. Can't wait for Nova. Ben. Did you read point one? Gray. What was his name? Gray. What? Gray Devil thirteen. Gray Devil thirteen. If you read point one, you know that there is some Nova coming up in the future. And if you've heard our editor in chief Axel Alonso talking, uh, you would know that it is it's the beginning of something cosmic. Uh, that Nova story was very important. Uh, it also featured Terax, and it also featured a very important uh, cosmic entity. It's going to play a major role in the Marvel Universe in 2012. And, you know, beyond that, uh, lest we forget, also in the pages of Fantastic Four and FF, there's some pretty cool cosmic stuff going on with the Inhumans, with Galactus. So I'm, I'm right there with you, my friend. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of Marvel Cosmic. Nova is my favorite character. And so I can assure you there are big cosmic things ahead oh and you know what silver surfer is still playing a major role in the marvel universe as well he's in mighty thor and he's going to be appearing in the defenders so fear not annihilators uh great as it is is not the end-all be-all of marvel cosmic indeed um let's see we had a a comment from marie dalzi on twitter who didn't hashtag it but because I see all the, the ats coming through uh the responses replies whatnot um i see she says to all three of us, actually. First favorite comic book issue or series you'll never forget. Um, I would probably say um, Punisher War Journal 6 and 7 by... I uh, uh, can't remember who the artist is, but it's Jim Lee Art. I mean, can't remember who the writer is. It's Jim Lee Art. Carl Potts. Carl Potts, wasn't he the inker? No, no, no Carl Potts was the writer. Carl Potts was the writer. All right, then. he was. His name was in my head. But um, there you go. That's why you guys are on here, um, to correct every mistake I make. Um, yeah, those issues with Wolverine uh, fighting the Punisher really lodged into my brain. You guys? The two uh, issues I can remember from when I was a kid being the very first ones I read, I don't know the issue numbers for either of them, but there was one, Web of Spider-Man, that at the time I had no idea why he was wearing a costume with German words on it. And why it was breaking up, it would be years later I found out that this was set literally like a month after the uh, Spider-Man versus Wolverine one-shot where he was in Germany. But for me, <clears throat> just Spider-Man in a German costume fighting the looter. But it was great art, great writing, and sucked me right in. I think Alex Saviak drew it. And then also um, issue of Uncanny X-Men. Again, didn't have any context at the time. Now I can put it into context. It was Claremont, Mark Silvestri. It was... The first issue that they were in Australia, they, they literally walked into the Australian Outback. It was right after Fall of the Mutants. They fought the Reavers for the very first time, first appearance of the Reavers. Uh, it was the first appearance of the woman who would later become Tiger Tiger. And I just remember being hooked on those X-Men, the action, the kind of soap opera stuff, and just thinking that this is the coolest, this is the coolest group of characters I've ever seen. And the Sylvester art was gorgeous. I think I think my you know the first comic I ever remember having was this uh, Marvel Tales reprint of Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred one and one hundred two in the same issue, and it had this gorgeous cover by Mobius that had Spider-Man up on a ledge in the background and this really awesome-looking Morbius uh, 
in the front, and yes, there's Mobius drawing Morbius. Um, but the books that really hooked me were was the Executioner song crossover between Uncanny X-Men, X-Men, X-Force, and X-Factor, which was basically X-Men, X-Force, and X-Factor against Strife and Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister, and it was awesome, and it was epic, and I remember for the longest time I could not find those X-Factor issues, and it drove me nuts, and eventually I did, and it was so worth it. Um, little known fact, the um, Executioner song is the greatest comic book story of all time. Yeah, it's, it's a little known fact that I think is slowly but surely beginning to become more widely known. Yeah. So of all time, certainly I mean, through this podcast. Yeah, of all time, I'm gonna I'm saying that right now. Anyway, um, back to Twitter. So we've got a nice comment from Wickovskim. Uh, I butcher Twitter names because it's I'm not sure how they're supposed to be pronounced. But um, he tweeted us saying he really likes the Marvel podcast, and he uh, bought point one because of a previous episode. We thank you. If you guys are picking up books specifically because you heard about it on here. Please let us know um, if there are other books you want to learn a little bit more about, want us to elaborate more on um, in the coming you know, weeks, because we can give it a little bit of a different perspective than maybe you know of. Just let us know, tweet us, and we'll get, you, we'll get some more information in the podcast. Um, Big Steve Too Dope. Um, wait, I didn't actually see this question yet. Um, is... He wants to know, is the Avengers movie going to be based on an original storyline, the Ultimate Universe, something different? Strami, you've read the script. We've both read the script, but uh, how do you want to what, – what would you say to this question? I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously set within the Marvel Sam Mack universe. It's set within the same universe as the previous five Marvel Studios films, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, uh, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, First Avenger, and Thor – um, so, as you can tell from those stories, those, those films, none of them are really based on one storyline in particular. Um, they take sort of, you know, maybe something from the Ultimate Universe, maybe something from the classic origin, maybe something from over here, over there, and they really mix it all together to just make the perfect combination for the perfect film, um... And, yeah, I think we can say that, you know, Marvel's The Avengers will very much follow in that same pattern in which, you know, it won't be a strict adaptation of a single Avengers story that is already out there. But much like the other films, this melting pot of awesome, of, uh, of some of the best elements from several different places. Totally. Uh, in our little chat, well... Strami was talking, Ben was trying to derail Strami by making him say that uh, the Avengers film is based off of the the Avengers storyline, The Crossing. That is not true whatsoever. But, if you're a fan of The Crossing, or want to learn more about The Crossing, wait until February when the uh, the omnibus for The Crossing hits comic book shops. You're going to be well, into that. Well played, yes. See what I did there? I brought it back. And good for you, Strami, for not letting me derail you. Hold on, Grasshopper. Indeed. Um, all right, back to Twitter. Uh, Ms. Marvel Girl wants to know, do any of us have Marvel-inspired tattoos? Um, I have many tattoos, um, and 
there's some comic book elements to one of my tattoos, but the elements are very, very small. They're very, they're little comic book covers that are sort of flipping around. Um, that one of them would be Infinity Gauntlet uh, number th- three, but it's, uh, it's so small you wouldn't even really be able to tell. You guys? Uh, I have a pair of tattoos. Neither are Marvel, but I have thought about making my third one possibly a Marvel one. So tweet those suggestions and take a moment to say we love Miss Marvel Girl. She's one of our favorite fans. Indeed. And uh, if we get enough suggestions for one tattoo, Ben will have to get that tattoo. At the very least, we'll make Stromy do it. I actually have a large tattoo. It's a, it's a representation of the crossing on my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Strami. What would we do without you? <laughs> Probably record this podcast at a reasonable hour. Yep. Um, all right, back to the Twitter questions. Uh, this one is another one from Rush1031. He uh, wants to know, will we see any Muppet Marvel crossovers anytime soon? I don't believe so. Um, we have been putting out some Muppets uh, comics, some I think they're reprints, but um, I don't believe that there are any crossovers in the works. You guys know of anything? Uh, Rush, there are actually some Muppet Marvel crossovers. They've, they've actually been coming out and will continue coming out in my dreams nightly. Oh, I got really confused for a second. I was like, oh, wait, did I miss something? Because that, that would have been super cool. That was the idea. Yep, you got me. Um, if you guys haven't seen the Muppet movie yet, it's not a Marvel flick, but it is fantastic. I saw it two weeks ago and it was so good. All right. Um, continuing on, we've got a question from Ungaji, who is actually one of our freelance writers on Marvel.com. He writes our psych ward stories and does some other stuff. Um, his tweet was, is Dan Slot susceptible to bribery? Specifically, bribery to bring back and highlight Cardiac and Amazing Spider-Man. Um, growing up in the 90s, I think uh, we can all say we're huge fans of Cardiac. Absolutely. Totally. The um, end. Um, there are no plans <laughs> I know of to bring Cardiac back, but Cardiac was actually just in... Uh, he was. He was the home front. Yeah, Fear itself, the home front. Yeah, he had a he had like a one pager. Um, you know what? I hope I, I I'm sure it would be great if we could see a cardiac shocker story in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I don't know if Dan, I think Dan Slott, just knowing him, probably is susceptible to bribery. So or something Doctor Who-ish. Yeah, totally. Will Should be hard. Yeah, not hard at all. Uh, question from Just John: Where is the best place in the Marvel Universe to get tacos? That's obviously the negative zone. There's a great taco truck that is parked right on the other side of the Fantastic Four's gateway into the negative zone. You don't want to ask what meat is in the tacos. You just give your money and you get your tacos. They're delicious. Also, make sure there is no antimatter in the taco because you will explode. Yeah, as yeah. in every Fantastic Four story in the negative zone ever. Yeah, bad yeah. news. But I once had a great human torch taco there. Straw me too soon. <laughs> yeah, <way> too <laughs> soon. Um, Ms. Marvel Girl wants to know, Wolverine boxers or Spidey briefs? Um, a little too personal for us, Ms. Marvel Girl, and this is a family podcast, so we're going to skip Wolverine that. boxers. Strami, I <laughs> you're the worst podcaster ever. You're just, you're so terrible. <laughs> I don't mean that. 
wondering what that quote unquote sound effect is. It is not an FX. It is it is Stromy's actual laugh. <laughs> oh, Stromy, Stromy, Stromy. Uh, we have a question from Amazing JR eighty seven. Wants to know will there be any Marvel video games coming in twenty twelve? That is guaranteed there will be Marvel video games in 2012. Um, I think the only one that we've announced so far is Amazing Spider-Man, and that will come out around the movie time. Um, that you'll be hearing more about pretty soon. Uh, ish. Soon-ish. Um, there are several more. Probably. Maybe. Things could always change. Um, I could be completely wrong, and we'll only have uh, Amazing Spider-Man out next year, but um, I say it's a safe bet that there could be more, and you will get more information on those uh, in the coming months on Marvel.com. Um, let's see. It's been, is that a dollar sign? I was answering Mark's question from earlier. Oh, all right. Um, I those think- of you who can't see our private chat uh, that we had a day before you're, you're listening to this. Indeed. Dollars. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so our final question of episode four of This Week in Marvel comes from, I just had it and I lost it, comes from Chafro, who wants to know, why was there no Agent Coulson Avengers banner in the uh, the Avengers banners we put out last week? Strami? Um, I think, you know, it's it's largely just an issue of space and the number of spots they had, but Agent Coulson will be playing, you know, he is in the Avengers movie, so you will be seeing whoa, him. Whoa, 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 Stromy, can you, can you say that? It's, yes? Yeah, no, I was just testing. Oh, but don't scare me like that. Um... But yes, anyway, uh, Clark, Clark Gregg will be returning as uh, Agent Coulson, uh, and Kobe Smulders will be playing uh, Agent Maria Hill, who was also not on the banners. Uh, so though they were not, they didn't get their own, you know, spot on the banners. Don't worry, you will be seeing plenty of them, and will be great. Awesome. All right. Uh, that wraps up another episode of This Week in Marvel. I was hoping to get this episode under an hour, but we talk a lot, so I apologize for that. Um, if you don't want the long podcast, if you do like the long podcast, then you got all your money's worth, because it was free. Um, I am Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, happy Thanksgiving. And Mark Strom... And I wish you a happier Thanksgiving than Ben Morse just wished you. It's true. Um, I wish you the happiest Thanksgiving. And if you're not in the U.S., not celebrating Thanksgiving, then just enjoy your life. Live it. Hug someone. High-five someone. Tell someone thank you. And just have a good time. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode of This Week in Marvel. And don't forget, tweet us your questions. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. Or tweet them to me, Agent underscore M or Ben J. Morse, or Stromy, S-T-R-O-M-M-Y, and we'll make sure they get into the next episode. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you soon.